Hello, everyone. I'm really excited that you're joining us for this BIP chat. Um, if you've decided to listen to this, I think it must be because you're quite excited about thinking about your own personal health. It's a big topic. It's an important topic in all our lives and particularly the subject of longevity, as well as performance and as well as our just our overall feeling of happiness and joy and achievement and all these things that help us to perform better. Really excited that we're going to be talking to Jamie Harrison, who is a health coach. Um, before I do that, I just give you a little bit of context on what Bit Chat is. So you may not have uh, listened into one of my interviews before. BIP stands for Business is Personal. And it's something that I believe very strongly in, have done for well over, well, I think possibly my entire career, but I think I started to verbalize it back in 1998 when I realized what it was like being an entrepreneur and how um, whether we're in business as employees or um, an entrepreneur, solo, solopreneur or whatever, um, our personal life impacts our business and our business impacts our personal. And I think we all know that. And I think the blend of life that's now happened, especially now we are all working a little, more, little bit more remotely as well. Very difficult to have those blurred lines, but I think our mental health, our physical health are becoming such a priority for us. How do we find the time to prioritize it, create the habits in our lives and really internalize how important it is? I think I want to talk about that today with Jamie. Um, so BIP, Business is Personal, we actually turned my book into a community called Business is Personal 100, BIP 100. What Thomas and I decided to do in 2020 is find 100 superb experts in their field, people who are really passionate about what they do, constantly honing their skills and their expertise, constantly studying a subject, but also have a certain level of values around kindness and love, openness, um, friendship. And um, whilst you know their commercial needs need to be met, they are really deeply um, deeply ingrained in their psyche is wanting to have an impact. And so Jamie is one of our BIP 100 members. Um, Thomas works very hard to find and select these people. And I think it's really hard to find great suppliers. Um, even looking at endorsements, sometimes we don't know online on things, you know, are these real endorsements or are these friends that are doing it. Um, and so a lot of us prioritize also our ability to find customers, but the suppliers in our lives are so critical. So we want to shortcut that a little bit for you and introduce you to people that we really believe in. So Jamie Harrison here. Um, I'm going to ask Jamie to introduce himself a little bit, and then we're going to get deeply into the subject of how he works, the type of clients he works with, and why performance, longevity, and your overall health is so important. So Jamie, welcome. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. Um, Exciting. So, yeah. I'll jump in and injure myself. Yes, please do. Perfect. Thank you. Again, thank you very much for having me on. Um, so my name is Jamie Harrison. Uh, I am an executive health coach and me and Penny are actually just discussing like we'll get into the detail of what does that mean? Because I think, you know, you can you can lose what that means and the identity of of just the phrase itself. Um, I am 27 years old. Believe it or not, last week I was telling about 10 people I was 28. So I'm losing track of time already uh have a little baby on the way um and yeah I, I guess to summarize myself we always tend to go to our professional identity don't we which is something else of probably another conversation but um I've worked my way up from um being a personal trainer 
then segued into the corporate world, uh, set up a couple of um, businesses within the fitness industry that were not related to, to coaching at the time whilst doing that, then was involved in a, a well-being startup business or corporate well-being startup business. And all of those things together accumulated to drive me towards what I do now, which is uh, my business, the Consistency Clubs, are a one-to-one executive coaching service in which we help business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, founders, like leaders within business to find health. And, and you know, what does that mean? It's different for every single person, but to prioritize it, find time in their calendar and understand that health shouldn't be sacrificed at the pursuit of our our careers and that they they have each other, they support each other and uh, you can do both together. Yeah, I love it. And I said I was really excited about this because if I look at my own journey, it's never been a priority for health, internal health, looking after my mental health and um, eating well has always been important to me. But my physical has not taken a, as much of a lead just purely because I just did never feel I had time. Um, but I think we all can use time, can't we, as an excuse? I mean, Absolutely. you must hear it all the time. That yeah. I have got time for it. And I was talking to my kids about this recently, and they were talking about the pleasure pain principle. Of, um, And I've realised um, when I get up in the morning, a gradual um, addiction to watching, um, getting up first thing while I'm making my coffee, putting on my iPad with a box set on it. And I enjoy it. And I think this calms me down. It's really nice. I'm not listening to the news or anything. What's happened over the last few months is that has taken over the pleasure of that, it's taken over yeah. the the um, commitment to the pain of going out and doing exercise. And so modern living, I have realized modern living where we tend to um, look for the pleasure because everything else seems quite hard must be something that affects a lot of us. Is, is that something you hear? Yeah. Absolutely. Going back to the first point of time, you know, before I get to the point of actually conversing or having a call or, or meeting someone in person, if I was to just have a text exchange with them, for example, and they don't have the ability to converse, the initial point they go to, if I asked, I prod and asked the question, like, why don't you, why don't you prioritize your health? It's always, I just don't have the time. I'm super busy. I've got children. I run a business or I lead a team, um, even in senior management, like, they put a lot of energy into their career and they already feel like they're drowning or they're at the threshold, right? Trying to split the social life, the work life, the time with their family. So then to, to have the mental bandwidth to start to plan and actually physically execute on a fitness regime, working out, whatever it may be, seems daunting. And so, so they never start. And I would never go to the point because I've been there. Um, I'd never go to the point of saying, it's not a real world issue because mm -hmm. it does feel like it in that that particular moment. But when you actually reverse engineer everything, there's pockets of time for optimization. Um, and a lot of it comes from, a, you know, a lack of self-confidence to actually go and execute. They don't want to let themselves down. They don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a topic that we can get into as we move through the conversation. But that, you know, the pleasure and pain, the kind of instant gratification versus the, uh, value and the gratification we get down the line the results down the line is a very you know it's an interesting one it's the thing that keeps people snoozing their alarm and in bed for that extra sort of 10 20 minutes it's the mm. thing that like you said it, it forced you to stay and watch that ever extra episode of the box set rather than going and doing your run 
or getting your steps in or hitting the workout. Um, and it's an interesting topic. And it's, it's, you know, when you start to understand, you can sit outside of your thoughts and you can look at them and you can reference it and go, actually, what, like, why is it that my mind prefers those things right now? You can start to make sort of almost data driven decisions on the back end and push yourself out of that comfort zone, which is obviously a huge part of, of what we facilitate is providing the education of why do you feel that way? And then the plan at which you can, you can overcome that. Yeah, it's very, very good. Just before that, I'm going to ask a question more about that, but just before we do it, for some reason, your screen has frozen. Can you see it? Oh, my. <laughs> right, okay. Does it Let look me... like it has at your end? doesn't matter because we all know what technology is like. Yeah, do you know what it does? Let me see if I can switch. Let me just see. Oh, there you go. That's I'm back. Good. Right, there now go. go back to your other one again because it was nice, the other screen, but don't worry about this because we all are. That's it. It's There we go. You come back. Brilliant. <laughs> It was great where it froze because it was you putting your thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. I was thinking that's actually a lovely picture. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody will use the time. And and what's interesting is the more exercise I do, the more energy I have and more I'm likely to be able to get up at six o'clock in the morning and feel like I can get, get going and get to the gym. Um, so tell me a little bit about how a, an executive coach works. I love to get this scenario over of how, you know, say if I contacted you and said, look, I need to start beating myself up a bit more about my health. How would it work? <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, the initial introduction, the initial conversation is always from our side, a, a fact find because health, fitness, you know, longevity, however you want to label it, is so subjective. Genetically, preferentially, from the life you live, you know, where you want to go in terms of your goals, the responsibilities of your day and the time you have are all subjective to us. So first and foremost, we spend some time with that that person before we even get to the fact of, okay, this is our service and this is the investment. What does your life like look like? Where do you want to be? Why aren't you that person? And can we get you there? Because, you know, I mean, we, we're specific, we're, we're world-class at what we do. We're not a fit for everyone and that's fine. So that's number one is understanding like where is the value, where's the, the quick win and the instant value within your lifestyle now and can we facilitate that? Um, typically because of the nature of people that we're speaking to, executives, business owners, you know, people with responsibility within business, the answer is yes, because we have a blueprint for that. So should they come on board? Should they decide now is the time to invest in my health if they feel like they haven't been doing so? Um, the first thing we will do is, is what we call a solution design assessment. So that is where we will go through a full lifestyle assessment. We spend some time with them um, again on a call and we've got a worksheet that we go through, which basically plots out a good week and a bad week for them. And that forms the foundation of anything we do. So a good week, for example, could be I'm at home, I don't have any travel. I've got a busy work week. Like we're still busy, but I'm not traveling. I'm not on planes or I've not got, you know, a three-day business event, for example. And then we plot a bad week. And of course, there's a certain amount of flexibility within these two things. Then we plot a bad week. So, you know, I'm I'm on planes, I'm traveling, I'm in the US or whatever it may be, whatever it looks like. Those things that throw you at, completely out of routine. So you end up relying on Apple food or supermarket food or client entertaining and a little bit too much alcohol not being in the gym or or having your home home facilities to uh to utilize so we take those two scenarios that everyone they're different but we plug those into the the solution design phase so we understand 
what we're actually building for you is relevant to your lifestyle. She don't look at it and go, Jamie, I've told you what I do. How the hell am I going to execute on that? Yeah. Um, we then do a health assessment. Now that sounds very, very broad, but what we go through within that is that previous, any previous health issues, any data that we do have access to, maybe it's, it's blood work that they've had done previously. Um, and then we go for a bit of a feedback session in terms of previous injuries and build a, almost a bio profile of them. So how is their health as summarized by them as an individual? And then what data can we extract that allows us to give our opinion on that situation as well? And then we go into the the designing success phase um, or defining success phase, I should say. So um, anyone who comes to us is obviously looking for, for the result. So we get really granular with not just what they want to achieve, but why they want to achieve it. Because if you don't, and, and this is a, a big thing actually within a, a fitness journey, if you don't ask the more existential questions, which I don't believe a lot of people do, then you end up losing purpose on that mission at some point. So people who come to me and say, I, you know, I need to lose, whether it's 5 kg, 10 kg, or pounds, if you're American, uh, 15 kg, whatever it may be, uh, like that's brilliant. And I can facilitate that for you. Why do you want that? oh, well, um, you know, I'm overweight and I know I'm overweight, so I want to change. Okay, but why do you want to change? Like we dig a little bit deeper and it always goes back to, well, actually, you know, my, my children are growing up now and I might have grandkids soon and I don't want to be, you know, granddad or, or grandmother in a chair. I want to be able to play with them and I want good quality of life. And, you know, a lot of the times the people that we're speaking to, they've put so much energy and effort into their business and their passions and their career and their finances You've got to have the ability to to enjoy that as you move through life. So um, we get to the existential root of of why they want to achieve that. And that goes into the document and that goes into the app. So they've got a almost a constant reminder of that. So because there's, you know, on any fitness journey, there's highs and lows, there's peaks and there's troughs. And it's, you know, there's going to be a level of mental resistance and, and resilience you're going to have to overcome and install within your life. Uh, I'm not going to promise it'll be easy every single day. So we rely on that. And then we go into setting timelines to those goals. So we go back to the initial one. If they say they want to lose, you know, 10 or 15 kg, we'll then assess the lifestyle and say, okay, if we're going to do this in a healthy measured manner for the sake of sustainability and longevity of the result there, like if you ask anyone in the consistency club, those two words other than consistency are the most common, commonly used, sustainability and longevity. If we're going to execute with those in mind, then you're not just going to achieve these results. You're going to sustain them and they're going to be with you for the rest of your life. Then we need to have it in a pattern in which is repeatable and is manageable. So we look at their lifestyle, the goals they want to achieve, the timeline of a program, and then we'll set some dates to those goals so they always understand you know, what direction am I going in? So all of all of those, sorry, the long-winded answer, but all of those those things go into the initial thing, which is the solution design. And that's that's before we start to execute. I love that because I've hired personal trainers at David Lloyd and things. My dream is that they meet me downstairs over a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They meet me upstairs and just put me straight onto equipment and... I think that's really affected my ability to sustain the interest yeah. in it. And um, so I, I love the way you describe it, but I've created lots of questions that I've written down. And it's, yeah. I mean, I am probably one of the classic type of maybe age group and 
sort of, um, as Hannah would call it, an achiever mode, always worked really hard, wishing they were fitter. So, um, but I won't talk about the different demographics of who you help, but I'm, I'm yeah, going to talk a bit about me as if I was a case study now. Um, I love the fact you talk about the genetics. I think that's really fascinating because, you know, I know genetically what my body shape's going to be, but I want to yeah. be a genetic different body shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I love that. So just let, dig into that a little bit more because there's some peace of mind that we should all sort of have, which is what is attainable, I suppose. Yeah, of course. And, you know, more existential question is social media doesn't help this conversation at all, does it? No. We see we're constantly comparing, but um, genetically, we are predisposed to the shape that we will build. Like in yeah. our greatest peak physical condition, we will look completely different to someone else in their greatest peak physical condition. And we all know that. Me, like myself, I've been training for like intensely for 12 years, probably more. I can't grow a set of calves. I just can't. And it's really frustrating. And I have to live with that now. Um, but, and it's not for the want of trying. And then you'll see, I mean, my my father's one of them. He's got huge calves. Unfortunately, I didn't inherit them. Um, and has never done any really intense hypertrophy yeah. bodybuilding style work. And it's, so it's just understanding like your journey is your journey. Please do not compare to anyone else. Equally, just to use myself as an example as well, if I get to around sort of 11%, 10% body fat, which I've been before, I've done natural bodybuilding shows and everything, um, I I almost shut down. And this is a really important point to raise for someone who's trying to run a business and needs to be mindful of their cognitive function and their energy levels. I can't operate to the best of my ability at that level of condition. My body is not suited to it. So my energy levels dip. I feel like I want to stay in bed all the time. By six o'clock, I'm really tired. When I go to do exercise, that performance is massively hindered. So if I'm doing strength work, it's 30, 35% lower. If I'm playing football or I'm going for a long distance run, the performance is hindered. So I need to be really mindful of that. Now, we will all know a person, whether it was growing up or now, that you can look at them and they've had you know, us must remember a six pack their whole life. They've always been lean. They've always been vascular. They seem to stay in shape no matter what they do. And that's how their body operates. The metabolism's in a position in which it, it you know, it processes foods well. Um, and that's where the body likes to lie. So those two scenarios are completely different. If you're talking about how you want to look on a beach walking down, you know, in your, your undies, that is a different conversation to actually what does optimal health look like? In the for the sake of longevity for the sake of um and you know relating it back to business it's important to understand like we're our business easily becomes our identity but we are separate to our business and so we serve it and when you when you look at that you can start to understand okay i'm serving my business the same way i serve the people around me or my family i need to be the best version of myself to do that mm -hmm. am i the best version of myself and if you've not got a system that's improving your health the answer to that question is inevitably no so um yeah it's an, it's an interesting i do one. find that brilliant um and i want to pick up on something you just said i mean i basically you know i've always wanted to be a greyhound like tall and lean you know but i'm more you know can definitely go towards being a bulldog and so dogs <laughs> would be, you know i look at dogs and i think humans are probably very similar you know yeah. you've, you've got a whippet that eats as much as a bulldog but never gets any bigger yeah you know, it's 
it's really it's a tough one that but I want to look in at what you just said because I did a period of working really hard in the gym to rehabilitate and it didn't energize me at all I was so exhausted all the time um so that that to me so how do you find what's the optimal type of exercise for someone that would be the right one for them what's the way you would do that yeah of course so you know probably less important in that conversation in terms of um optimal exercise more important is outside of the training what are you doing and what does your lifestyle look like so there are some fundamental basics to exercise that you could put you know most people through and they'll, they'll achieve a result whether that's threshold heart rate training through running or cycling or whatever it may be so you're moving up to zone five fluctuating between three and four you're building that kind of bo2 max you've got your base building so slightly longer zone two uh heart rate work so this could be a fast-paced walk for some people or it might be a slow cycle or a, a really steady run in which you're elongating your heart rate in that zone two phase meant to be really good for oxidizing and is really good for oxidizing fat for example you've then got hypertrophy work you've got strength-based work you've got volume training all of these things if you put people through them they'll have a predictable effect it's just the amount of that effect will be different depending on the individual if you're lacking energy then we need to be looking at your body's resistance to fatigue and not necessarily what are you doing but are you doing too much of it because we've all got you know a different ability to recover i remember when i was 17 years old i took a a dna fit test i know that they're not foolproof it confirmed to me what i already knew i have a, a predisposition to injury and a slightly you know poor recovery if i do six seven training sessions a week i am wrecked my heart rate variability is through the floor i'm tired i'm exhausted i can't think i'll get brain fog whereas again next door neighbor could, could go and do that and they'd be absolutely fine so it's about understanding okay where does my where's my baseline but equally to do that you have to look at how is my sleep my circadian rhythm um not just duration which is you usually the you know, quantitative factor that a lot of people look at, but the quality of as well. Um, and my nutrition, like, am I fueling myself? And actually for probably 80% of people that I work with, even if they come to me overweight or looking to lose weight, one of the biggest problems is they're not eating enough. And they've been doing that for so long, whether that's just because it's what they've always done or because they've been so busy in business that they find the day's gone, they go, I haven't even eaten today. So they get home and have one big meal and that's it. Mm. They've kind of dialed down their metabolism a little bit. And what happens with that is um, the industry, it's a horrible term, but the industry actually calls it, you know, skinny fat, which some people will relate to, you know, it's like you don't look at them like they're not, you know, huge obese people, but they're carrying unwanted weight that they cannot shift. That if they take any more calories away, their energy will be absolutely shot because they're already under eating. And if you add calories, you'll pile on the weight because your metabolism, you know, it's not firing. Um, and that's a bad position to be in. And so we spend a lot of our time in the early phase of working with people reversing out of that. Wow, uh, that's amazing. So is it actually possible to change your metabolism? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And even at 60, people could change their metabolism? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, like, again, self-limiting beliefs is very easy Um whether it's age or whatnot to be like oh, it's probably probably over the hill with that it's not for me like it like you can always improve does your improve look different to 
yourself at 30 years old yes of course it does but you can still improve um and i always use when it comes to metabolism i use the analogy of it like the you know the old steam train if you're not coaling the fire eventually it will you know trundle to a halt yeah. and it's the same with metabolism the coals the food like stoke the fire add the fuel and then if you've got a, a strategic plan in the background that you know allows you to execute a certain amount of energy expenditure and you find that balance you start to switch back on again yeah, so that's really interesting yeah so somebody said a really depressing thing to me once which was <laughs> if you haven't if you're not fit at 40 you'll never actually get fit ridiculous um except that you sort of set it down in your system and i think well at 40 i remember like many people who are listening to this you know the juggle of family and work and parents and commitments and just was the lowest priority yeah uh, and it's interesting uh, actually i'm interested to, to know your thoughts penny you know somebody who's done what you've done in business what age do you feel up to now do you feel like you've had the most responsibility um what we inter internal work everything. yeah holistically within life um i would say mid 40s to mid 50s yeah which is um again i appreciate your answer now i know it was off the cuff but that is the age range predominantly of people that we work with right. and that's at the point in which they feel like i don't have the time going back to the time conversation yeah. so it all relates back now you know you can eat, I mean, there's there's database science that backs the fact that what you're doing in your 20s will have an impact of how you look and feel in your 40s, what you do in your 30s, even what you do in your 50s, so on and so forth. But just to bring it to a, a real-world example, um, going back at Chris, who's a good friend now, we play golf together and everything, but he was a, he was a client um, within our Inner Circle program. He came to me, he was 56 when he came to me. He was on hypertension medication, he was oh, like classified as obese. Uh, he, like even to look at, and he won't mind me saying because his transformation has been incredible. Oh. But if I if I were to bring the the photo up on screen, he was he was a, a big guy. Um, he'd gone through a bout of he, he took a, a consultancy role in Newcastle, so he was on the road eating out of service stations. But he looked like he was ready to explode yeah. in in his face. Um, so he came to me, you know. Not a lost cause, but he was very frustrated. No, who needed to change. I don't think he had complete confidence on what was going to work. He, within three months, so we we track his blood pressure. It was all color coded. Within three months, every single blood pressure reading seven days a week was green. He was off blood pressure medication. Wow. He was exercising regularly. He lost in total, I think, 28, 28 kilos. I think was the official figure. Um. But most importantly, we, we essentially we gave his life back, and yeah. he, he had comments from he was actually setting up or, or scaling his consultancy at the time, so it helped with his cognitive function, win the morning, build the habit, so you can serve that as you build your business. But even you know his, his daughter Betty commented like you're just you're a better person to be around, you're more yeah. fun to be around, you're more vibrant. His wife was was thankful, and on paper. You know, he was in a position where he was like, he didn't have much time. He travelled all the time. He felt like he was a lost cause. He was 56 years old on medication and had been for a very long time. Amazing. But, so I think it was a bit of a caution to the wind in joining. So it's like a, a and big... And what type method. of exercise? I mean, because I think what I tend to do is I 
over periods of none, and then I try and hit it really hard. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of exercise with Chris, for example, somebody who's been in that place, how would they build up? I mean, to have those results over three months, how would they build up? What sort of exercise would they start doing? Yeah, and what you just said is so important. I just want to start there, building up. Yeah. So that's what we did. Like, what happens with so many people, and hopefully many listening will resonate, we go, we kind of ride that wave, the peaks and troughs. We get to a point where, and, and that's why we get the January rush, right? Because we're drinking too much alcohol over Christmas, we're eating a little bit too much food. It's all a little bit more relaxed. We tend to, you know, fill up a little bit in the winter months. And then we, we're kind of at like peak motivation. And that motivation starts to turn into frustration with ourselves. Yeah. Like, oh, no, like, I really need to do something. Now, what that does, when we've got that level of frustration, it almost provides an accountability source. So whether we sit down with our iPad or our phone or our pen and paper, or we just mentally do it, we start to think, do you know what? I'm joining the gym or I'm going back to the gym or I'm going to call the personal trainer I used to use or whatever it may be. And you throw yourself into it. If the PT was like, okay, yeah, how many do you want to do? Let's do two a week. Maybe let's do three a week. Or if you're just writing it down yourself, do you know what? I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to do a run on the weekend. Um, I'm going to try the 5-2 diet. Or I'm going to try intermittent fasting, whatever it may be. And you throw yourself into this environment. And going back to those two words of you know sustainability and longevity, there isn't any. Because what you haven't done is taken a look at your lifestyle and why those habits tend to slip in the first place and then reverse engineered it into a system which is maintainable at the start. So you'll get, and the issue with that is you, like you do get instant gratification from it because you go do from doing nothing to, you know, zero to a hundred, you get some quick results. So you're like, my God, what I'm doing is incredible. I've lost two and a half kilos this week. Let's maintain this. Um, and the same sentiment goes like you'll get to a point, whether it's two weeks down the line or whether it's, you know, six weeks down the line, you just burn out mm. and burnout could be weight store because you, you're not eating enough anymore. So you're not fueling yourself for your sessions. Fatigue goes up or it could literally just be, you know, maybe some business travel because you're away. You haven't got the system that allows you to execute. And so you just throw, throw it all out the window. You come back and it's really hard to get back on the horse. So it's, it's yeah, it's different for everyone. So what you said there, like start at the ground up. So just going back to to your initial question around Chris, what we did for him was walking initially. So just just giving him a step count to work to, and some mobility work. Um, because what I didn't want to do, we knew the goal was to get him because he, he used to resistance train. Um, he used to be quite a strong powerlifter actually, but to get him straight back into that, you know, you're putting yourself at risk of injury. So, um steps step count and mobility work so almost like a, a form of resistance yoga um was what we implemented and that that got his mind right before anything else and got his baseline expenditure up obviously we had to fit it in terms of the steps we had to fit it around the schedule in terms of travel um and then we fixed his nutrition and you did do two those two things alone and it facilitates the result and, and once you've got you know some early result you then gain momentum and momentum is really important. And then all we did then is just, as we go through, we kind of add add things in, we dial it up, get to a point in which he's comfortable, then we go, feel like we can add in some resistance training now? Yeah, go on, let's do it. Start at one day a week, then two day a week. And then what happens is there's always a point, like almost like a ceiling, in which my client and Chris did this, would be like, do you know what? I feel comfortable in what we're doing in terms of like, I can execute it. It's challenging me, but I can execute it. 
if you were to say to me, I, I want you to add half an hour to each session or another session, I would really struggle to do this time. Yeah, get that. That's the cap. That's where you cap it off and you optimize underneath. And again, when it goes back to comparing, like for some people, that is six sessions a week. And that's brilliant if they've got flexibility of time, their coaches who work from home or their consultants, fantastic. For some people, that's two days a week. And that's yeah. okay as well. Yeah. Brilliant. It's very encouraging. It really is encouraging what you're saying. A um, couple more questions. What What do you think about having weighing scales, weighing yourself? So I love them. Being a coach, I love them because <laughs> you, have, you have to make data-driven decisions. Right. Of course, it comes with the risk of being emotionally attached to the number that you see on a scale. And a lot of people don't have, which is fine, but they don't have the education around the the things that can affect that scale. So bowel movements, how late you ate your last meal, any inflammation, whether it's from training or fighting off an illness, sleep duration, like all of these, amount of sodium that you hold water because that's all of these things play a factor um, when it comes to scale weight. So if you're weighing every single day, you could go Monday to Friday and you've actually, based on the scale, you've put on weight. Even though you've ticked every single box, you've ticked yeah. your habits, you've been working really hard. And that obviously leads to a, a you know, it's just a source of demotivation. You just feel like, what, what is the point? Mm -hmm. But actually it's about understanding, and this is a huge part of the education we provide, of what is going on yeah. from a physiological aspect internally. We need the data because I need to see trends. Yeah. But you have to be, be able to emotionally detach from the number you see and trust in the process yeah. so um you know yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one and there is times with clients you know i would always push particularly on the early early phase like the first six weeks i want you to to weigh every day because i'm gathering as much data on you as right. possible but depending on the individual there's value to to cutting that down sometimes even to once a week just so you can kind of separate yourself emotionally from that number and kind of trust in the process a little bit more yeah, because it can really dictate your mood. I don't know whether yeah. that's just a woman's thing, but I'm sure men feel it. You can get on it and you can feel good and then you get on it and you think, oh, crap, and then it just yeah. changes your mood. So it sounds to me when I'm listening to you, although it's good to be aware of your weight and how whether you're getting you're putting on weight too much, it sounds to me actually weighing scales are good when you're in a situation working with an executive health coach like yourself. Correct. When you're not doing anything. Yes, hundred oh, percent yeah. yeah and you know if you were to um tread the path yourself and try yourself then i would probably recommend you still need a structure around weighing because you know what gets measured gets improved it's the same as business you need to plan budget time you know take those those basics of business and install them into your health but um reducing that number will be beneficial um, but again, it, it comes down to education. I think a lot of people are, are guilty and I'm guilty of it in, in other things as well. Of we like we download a lot of information now. So we listen to to podcasts, ironically, what we're doing now, or you know, we read books, but actually like what level of information that we receive from those things that we actually go and test and implement, it's probably not even five percent. You know, we, uh, we register it, we go, God, that was and that's one thing I hope people take from this podcast like take something i've said today and please go and implement it or test it because it's so easy to turn this off once it's done hopefully they get to the end yeah. and um 
you know, go about your day before you know it, you're in another business situation or you, you're home, you're cooking for the kids and the next day's gone. You, you yeah. haven't, you know, you've mostly right. forgotten the information. So I would say, yeah, like limit. And to be honest with you, you could even, you could not weigh for the first four weeks of your journey. And if you're doing everything correctly, you'll feel the difference. Yeah, you'll feel yourself tighten up, you'll feel more energy, you'll feel like you've got more energy, you'll sleep better, you'll perform better. Weight is simply a metric to tell us that things are moving in the right direction over time. Yeah. And, and when what... people use this th scenario of I've not lost any weight, and people say, well, maybe you've maybe it's gone into muscle. Yeah. Muscle is heavier than fat. But how long would that actually take before muscle starts to overtake fat, really? Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to the subjective conversation. So everyone's different. Right. There is a very real potential for um and this has happened with many clients I've worked with for you to re recomp what we, I would call recomp or recompose in the early phase. And that's because you're adding a novel stimulus. So if you take someone, for example, that hasn't done resistance training before, and again, for the sake of value on this podcast, please build in, in some resistance training into your workout schedule, not because you want to be Mr. Olympia, but just for the sake of longevity, for bone density, joint health, musculoskeletal strength, um, particularly as you age super important um but yeah i think confirm the question for me i went off on a tangent well i, I think it was just this muscle fat scenario. yes of course yeah sorry yeah. um so yeah like recomposing you know you can 100 do it and i see it all the time it does take some and it also depends how much of a, a deficit you're in like a caloric deficit if you're in a you know a pretty large caloric deficit you're not going to be laying down foundational muscle like it, yeah. very very hard to do so particularly as as we age but there is a point in which the scale will start to teeter and you might you might look at yourself and this is why we always take photos as well we'll look at your physique and we'll see that like there's definite density density improvements and uh, maybe there's some what we would call fullness in the industry which is where um your muscle on an intracellular level is full of glycogen full of water and you can see that when that process is happening you can see actually the physique starting to develop but on the scales things haven't really moved condition looks better so again photos are a really important metric if you're going to go on your own journey take periodic photos of yourself and and because you know you can analyze them and you can yeah. always, you know they're not going to change every single week but the ability to develop muscle and lose fat at the same time exists mm. For some people it's a very very short window for some people, that window is elongated. Again, it comes back down to genetics, yeah. the scenario, how much you're training, the food, etc. That's why we need individual support, really. So, as as we close off, if somebody's listening, if they're on, if it's an online, you you support executives online, don't you? As yes, well. yeah. They don't have to be physically yeah. be seeing you in a gym, for example. How does no, that absolutely. Happen? Yeah, so we're we're a hundred percent remote. Um, okay. so we work with. A lot of people in the UK, we've got a lot in the US, Singapore, South Africa, Australia, which is brilliant. Um, and the reason we're remote, like I said, I, I used to be a personal trainer, but going back to, to what you said around the experience you've had with your personal trainer, around you're in, you're on a piece of kit and you're out. Unfortunately, the way that service is set up, you're essentially, become, and I've built some brilliant relationships with some incredible people. So not to dog on the industry, but you become a bit of a, almost a glorified rap counter. And because you're on the hour, what happens with that is, let's say you've got four people back to back. You've then got a very hurried lunch. You've then got four people back to back again. 
So, you know, it only takes one person to be five minutes late. So you have to cut their session short. You're kind of bouncing from person to person. Now you've paid me for an hour within that situation. So I need to get you in, get you warmed up, provide value within the session and get you out ready for my next person to come in. So um, it all becomes a bit rushed. And what happens in that instance is it's solely focused on training and training, exercise and working out is just one, say one small facet, it's one facet of health. Yeah. If you look at it holistically, they may send you, and I did this for some clients, you know, a PDF meal plan or some structure or a habit list to execute outside of training, but there's no accountability provided on that. Like what I used to do with my clients, rather than, you know, sit downstairs and have a coffee with them, I'd always stick them on a cardio. It sounds horrible, doesn't it? Stick them on a cardio bit of kit, but I'd get them onto a, a piece of cardio equipment and I would talk to them. Yeah. And just understand first and foremost today, how are you feeling? any injuries how was your sleep last night and that process would dictate the session that i was about to put them through when it comes to the consistency garden why it's 100 remote now is because like i said training is one element we still do exercise movement analysis which we do through videos we'll still analyze form make sure they're doing it safely but we train the mindset to be able to put yourself through an intense workout and when you learn that because that is a learned skill that's good. serve you for the rest of your life if you're relying on someone being there and dragging you through it and telling you, you need to do a few extra reps or run that few extra hundred meters that's you're going to need that support system in person for the rest of your life so that's yeah, the first thing that really, that. yeah so that's yeah, that's the first that's thing it's empowering in a way isn't it you just don't yeah. it's, it's empowering I, I think i've actually experienced that yeah brilliant yeah, it's been amazing absolutely amazing i love it there's so much knowledge you've got the wisdom and the research and the constant studying and clearly the passion that you've got for helping people i've absolutely loved this so let me just finish by thank you for anybody who's been listening this long i hope you have and i hope you do take some actions one of the actions you could take is you could follow follow jamie so you you're on instagram what's your instagram yeah. again jamie yeah, it's the underscore consistency underscore coach. Um, same on Facebook as well, but you'd also find me just searching Jamie Harrison across all of the platforms as well. And uh, also on LinkedIn, Jamie Harrison. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And of course, as always, contact Thomas or I if you'd like to have a chat with with Jamie. Very, very exciting. Really motivated me. I've um, I've, I've got to do something. I've got to get back into it for sure. And uh, so thank you so much, Jamie. Um, of course. Found that very, very valuable. And again, thank you, anybody here that's been listening in. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.